Hello, ladies. Today's episode is part two of our prayer series. What did we learn in part one? Well, we studied Second Chronicles 20, 6 and 7. We learned that Jehoshaphat was a man of courage and valor, and for years he had been strengthening his armies and fortifying the cities. We also learned that for years he had been teaching the people to trust in the one who had in past saved them from utter destruction. Jehoshaphat decided not to trust in the armies, however, but to build his trust in the living God. In verse 3 of that same chapter, we learn that Jehoshaphat feared. He wasn't afraid to go into battle, but he was afraid to go into battle without God. Now, why did he pray? Three great armies were coming against those two southern nations. What does this prayer tell us about what Jehoshaphat believed about God? Well, Jehoshaphat believed that the Lord God, Yahweh Elohim, was the righteous judge, he was eternal, self-existing, the one who is past, present, and future. He believed that they dwelled in eternity, constant, never changing, creator, competent maker, absolute power, absolute authority, the one who is sovereign. To Jehoshaphat, he was a personal God, and the earth was the Lord's. And God held in his hands his own eternal purposes and would execute his power. And because of this, he was able to pray with complete confidence that God would intervene on their behalf. How does this prayer that was prayed centuries ago build our faith and confidence in God? Our faith is built on what we know about Christ. That is why we are told in the Bible that our knowledge of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit must increase because prayer alone is not enough. We must be ever learning about Christ through the study of his word. In Psalms 119.30, it says, The entrance of thy word gives light. It gives understanding unto the simple. Now today we're going to be reading 2 Chronicles 28-12. And this concludes Solomon's prayer. And the scripture says, And they dwelt therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If when evil comes upon us, as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house, and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. Now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possessions, which thou hast given us to inherit, O Lord. Wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that comes out against us. Neither do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. He concludes his prayer by saying, And all Judah stood before the Lord, with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Jehoshaphat is now presenting historical information to the Lord. By doing this, he is reminding the Lord of a promise he made Solomon more than 60 years ago. Now you can read this in Second Chronicles 6 and in 1 Kings 8. This prayer is a dedication prayer of a newly built temple. That night after Solomon's prayer and the celebration of the new temple ended, Solomon had a dream where the Lord appeared to him and shared the following as an answer to his prayer. If my people, which I call by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, 
Then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Second Chronicles 7.14 And because Jehoshaphat believed in the promises of God, and that he was a promise keeper, and also that his promises were timeless, he claimed the promises the Lord made to Solomon. Although it is not a very long prayer, it's a power-packed prayer. Jehoshaphat is very specific as he presents the matter before the Lord, the righteous judge. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit, our God, wilt thou not judge them? You know, asking the Lord God to pronounce judgment on someone may seem harsh, but a judge does the following. They listen to evidence. Jehoshaphat knows that the Lord will weigh and measure the evidence brought before him. For this judge, the Lord God, knows all that is in the heart of man. He knows why we do what we do. He knows the many opportunities that have been given to know him and have been accepted and rejected. He observes how we manage and steward the power of choice that has been given to each human being. King David in Psalms 19 reminds us of this. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, much more fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. He's talking about the power in the Lord's right to judge, that his judgments are true, that they are righteous, that we should desire his judgment. Isn't that amazing? That his judgment are sweeter than honey. <laughs> That's interesting. Jehoshaphat closes his prayer by saying the following, For we have no might against this great company that comes against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Jehoshaphat used what I call the but principle. Why is this so important? When we present our case before the Lord, regardless of what it is, it is important to acknowledge that he is greater and bigger than anything we are facing. Here Jehoshaphat sums up his prayer by saying, there is a great army coming against us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Jehoshaphat uses the phrase, our eyes are upon thee. Who is the thee? It is the Lord God, the righteous judge, the self-existing one, the one who is past, present, and future, who lives and dwells in eternity, the one who is constant, never changing, the one who is all-powerful, the one who is absolute power, the one who is absolute authority, the one who is sovereign, the one that they are keeping their eyes upon is a personal God who owns the earth and whose hand represents his own eternal purposes and he will execute his power. Jehoshaphat knew that God had given them that land and it was up to God to dispose it at his will. Now when he talks about the eye, when he says our eyes are upon thee, the Bible uses this word to remind us it's not just about seeing, it's about a continual watching, a continual observing someone. Who is Jehoshaphat and the people observing? The self-existing one, the one who is absolute power, the one who is absolute authority, the one who is constant and ever-changing. And the Bible tells us by beholding, we become change. So as we are beholding him and we're looking at this great thing that's coming against us, we need to make a decision where we're going to place our focus. 
Are we going to give all of our attention to the thing that's coming against us? Or are we going to behold? Are we going to keep our eyes on the one who is constant, the one who is righteous, the one who is self-existing, the one who holds the past, the present, and the future, the one who is absolute power? Paul reminds us in Second Chronicles 3.18, But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. That's amazing. Paul is telling us, with open faces, we are beholding the glory of God as if looking in a glass. And this glass is a mirror. And as we continue to look, as Jehoshaphat continued to look at who God was, he himself changed into the image of the glory of God. This just mind-boggling, just mind-altering. You know, it's just, I don't even have words. Now, some of the supporting scriptures I would like to share with you comes from King David. In Psalms 25, 15, it says, Mine eyes are ever towards the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the nest. And in Psalms 141, verse 8, But my eyes are unto thee, O God the Lord, in thee is my trust. Leave not my soul destitute. He goes on to say in Psalms 123, Unto thee I lift up my eyes, O thou that dwell in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their master, and as the eyes of the maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord, our God, until that he may have mercy upon us. So what have we learned in this prayer that Jehoshaphat prayed centuries ago that will increase our faith and our confidence in God? We're reminded when we pray to remind the Lord of what we believe about him. We are reminded to claim God's promises found in his word. Always pray with confidence to be specific about our prayer request, to trust the Lord's judgment, to watch the Lord continually, to trust him without the slightest doubt that he will always do what is best.